discusses the uh, meeting with uh, Yosef and Biyamin. The Pasha says, Vayipul at Savri Biyamin Achiv, Vayev, Biyamin Bacha at Savara. Pasha says that when Biyamin and Yosef met, so they both cried on each other's shoulders. So Rashi goes down, but the reason why Biyamin was crying was he was crying about the fact that Mishkan Shida was going to be destroyed, which was in the Chedek of Yosef. Yaman and, and Yosef was crying because the two Bate Mikdash that were in the Yaman's Chilak were going to be destroyed. So it's an obvious thing that needs to be understood, you know, that thinking now about the Beis Mikdash, which is going to happen hundreds of years, right now they've been separated for such a long time and they're crying now. Why would they be thinking about the, the Beis Mikdash, which is going to happen in a thousand years from now? So I want to tell you an, a, a beautiful insight from Ramalta Pagomansky. Everyone knows Ramalta, everything he says is very sharp. So there's a pasuk that they, they generally say by a hesved that says which means Hashem will wipe away all tears. So Chazal have an interesting ha'ara that the lashon pasuk is the Rosh will take cold dimah, he'll take all tears. What's the lashon cold dimah coming to include? What's the extra word cold coming to include? So Chazal say cold dimah means that in the times of Mashiach when the Rosh wipes away tears, he'll even wipe away tears of joy. Even tears of joy, not only tears of sadness, but even with tears of joy. So Ramatul said, what's wrong with tears of joy? Why is it that in times of Mashiach, Kashbroch is promising cold dimma, even the tears of joys won't be there? This is the Chayra, a, a Navua that's supposed to be comforting. Saying there's not going to be tears of joy, the Chayra is not comforting. So Ramatul said like this, a deep insight, why do people cry tears of joy? How does it make sense? If a person's very happy, why does he feel himself all, all of a sudden tearing up? He said, what's up, shot? Why do you feel yourself tearing up? So this is what Ramatul said. Ramatul said that the reason you cry tears of joy is because you experience a moment of extreme happiness. And you realize the pleasure of how enjoyable happiness is. And when you realize subconsciously that this will not last forever, that causes you to cry. The crying is on the fact that I can't have this moment forever. When you appreciate something's goodness, it makes it harder to realize it's not going to last. That's what, and it's subconscious, it's not even conscious. So when the Rebbe Nishon was giving an achama, he says, means I am promising you that the good times in the Yemais HaMashiach will never end. So you'll have no need to even cry tears of joy because it's going to be a goodness that doesn't end. So not only will you not have tears of, of, of sadness, but there will be no need for tears of joy. It will be a goodness. So Mele, he wanted to say over like this. Yehizim and Biyamin were in this matziv of, of simcha she'enkadig masai. They were feeling that simcha. So there were tears of joy. What happens in a moment of tears of joy? You start contemplating, can I have this forever? Can I have this simcha forever? So they looked down the line. Consciously, b'nevu, whatever it was. And they saw it wasn't going to last. They saw the Beis Hamikdash. They, they, they had reason to cry now because it, it wasn't going to last. They wanted this happiness to last forever, but they, they realized down the line it's not going to be here. So that's part of tears of tears of of joy. Tears of joy are when you feel bad that it can't last, and that's why they cried about the Beis Hamikdash because this happiness wouldn't be there forever. On the subject of tears, people don't realize what tears are about. Everyone knows the Chazal. It says Shari Demoyslei just like to share with you what I think is a touching story about the Birch Shmuel. We don't necessarily think of the Birch Shmuel in these terms, but the Birch Shmuel was a, a, a young boy. So when his father used to yell at him and scream at him for doing something wrong, 
So he would start to cry. Immediately he ran to a Sefer Tell. So the Tata says, why are you running to a Sefer Tell? So Barbera said, tears are a tremendously powerful thing. Chaval for it to go to waste. I want to put it into the Tell. I want to nuts ice the tears into the Tell. It's a kid. Barbera, a kid. Tears. Tears is not a, not a Pasha Zach. Rabbi was Bechadish that if you're crying anyways and you could you could you could tap into a good tazach, it's a good tazach. The the, the Medris is well known that when Yosef revealed himself to the Shvatim, he gave them a teichacha that was a very strong teichacha. And the Gemara says that you're supposed to use that as a, a parallel for what's going to be after 120 years when we're going to go up to Shemaim. What was the teichacha and what is the teichacha going to be a raya to us? I'd like to share with you an interesting idea that I saw from uh, uh, from uh, one of the Bali Musr. He says the Teichacha for the Shvatim was, there's a Pasuk in Amis that says that when the Shvatim sold Yosef, they made some money. What did they do with the money? So I'll read you the Pasuk in Amis. It says, Amochram b'kesef tzadik. He sold a tzadik for kesef. Ve'evyoin ba'avur na'alayin. They sold him for shoes. As I use the Pasuk in Amis. So, you want the Ba'al Musa want to say that they said to the Shvatim, I hear you sold him. Maybe it was, you had a tie with him, but for shoes? For shoes? That was the greatest Musa that was given to the Shvatim. What, for shoes you sold him? So he used to say over that when you go up to after 120 years, the Ba'al is going to ask, you had time and you had Kaychas. And what did you use it for? For Narishkeit? The biggest muster is going to be, it's one thing if you didn't learn and you didn't do mitzvahs and you didn't use your kachas, but you used it for worthwhile things. But when it's going to be exposed, the narishkeit that you use your time for, that's going to be the biggest muster possible. That's going to be something that we're going to have nothing to answer for. He tells over a story, an unbelievable story. He says that uh, Chavetz Chaim's son built a house right near the Chavetz Chaim's house slash hovel. Chavetz Chaim lived in a hovel. So some built a canary, a decent house. So Chavetz Chaim walks inside, takes something around, and he said, a shtib, a toira dik a shtib. The son was, you know, feeling very, very good. The father was very masculine. So he says, starts looking at the wall. And he said, notice the wall had wallpaper. Chavetz Chaim says, I never saw a house lined with black gemara. Lined the whole house with black gemara. It's not a dick of stew. He says, Tata, what are you talking about? This is wallpaper. He said, but wallpaper costs gelt. And gelt costs time. And with time, you could have learned another black gemara. So you, li- you wallpapered your house with black gemara. With black gemara, you wallpapered your house. That's at the Chavetz Chaim. Man is such a Muslim who's after 120 years. They're gonna tell us, look at look at your house. What what, what did you, you, you how many mitzvahs, how many chasadim could you have done when you were earning the money to to, 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 to to buy this thing in your house and that thing in your house? This is this is the this is all from Yad Galinsky. Yad Galinsky says this is the Muslim that they're gonna give you, and this is gonna be fire. Said over that another story that the Chavetz Chaim that he came to his, his daughter-in-law's house. And he had something with, and it was the same son, Darla, Vesalish. And he saw that they had a, a chest of shoes 
15 pairs of shoes. So he said, he said, it used to be the dogish was on the cup, Nishaf Tafis. He said, oh, we used to put an effort on, on, on what was in the head, and that was on the feet. It was, it was the same thing, in 15 pairs of shoes. It, so this was his dogish, this was his kudam. Brings down in Santa Maisa, he was very close, Yagans was very close to the Panavijarov. So he said he bumped into him, and, and if you know the Panavijarov, this story was very sugabast. He said over, the Panavijarov asked him, if you would ask me who should Yaakov send to go build Torah in Mitzrayim, so who would you guess? So he says, you'd either guess Levi, Levi was the the Meir Hayron, Chayisrael, or the Yisachar, Yisachar were Yehudayitim, they sat and learned. Says Rashi, who did he send? He said Yehuda. He said Yehuda. What's the shot? This is the Melech. So Baruch said a very big insight. He said when the Shvatim had to go down to Mitzrayim to get food, and Yaakov said, I don't want you to go because I don't want to take Pinyamin. So Reuben tried to convince him. He didn't convince him. Yaakov said to, to, to uh, Yehuda said to Yaakov, the only thing that could convince him. He said, Anoichi Ervenu. I guarantee I will bring him back. And then he promised him his Eilam Haza and his Eilam Haba. And everyone is trying to figure out, how in the world can you guarantee such a thing, right? There's a king that's been very vicious to you till now. Nothing's worked out for you. How in the world would you roll the dice and guarantee to your father, your Eilam Haza and your Eilam Haba, to bring, bring, bring your son back? Says the Panavijah Rav, there are certain people out there that when the end is necessary, you just do whatever it takes. It doesn't have to, you don't have to understand how you're going to do it. It has to get done, and you get done. Yehuda lived that message. You delivered the message. We're going to do it first, and we'll figure out how later. Said the Panavijah Rav, the only way to build the yeshiva and to build Torah is if it's Anoichi I have no idea how I'm going to build the yeshiva. I have no idea I'm going to sustain the yeshiva. I am just going to build the yeshiva. That's the only way to build Torah. It can't be a logical thing. Everyone knows the Panavijarov built yeshivas, no money. He started out with nothing. Interesting, Nusach, he said over, Ich bin zicher, if they would ask the Chavetz if it was right what I did, building Panavij without any money, knowing anything, zicher would have said I'm wrong. He would have said, it's not a shtadlus, it's a mitzvah baba veru. He says, and you know what? L'chayra, I should get clap in this world and the next world. He said, oh, but when they're going to give me clap, it's going to be a zazisa clap. So he's over. He said, over. You know, the clap for building yeshiva, I can handle that clap. That's what he said over. It's a certain insight into how people build yeshivas. It, 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 it doesn't, it, most of the yeshivas that were matzliach came about with a Yehuda, with a Anoichi Avenu, with, 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 with I don't know how it's going to work, but it's, but it's going to work. I, I want to just end off quickly with two ideas. One is, uh, if you get a chance at the end of the parasha to, to look at the Kliyakar, look at the Kliyakar. But basically, that last word in the Pesach says, Vayeshev b'nei Yisrael b'aretz k'ishen v'ayeh Look at the Kliyakar over there. He says this Pesach is a criticism on Klai Yisrael. Because when Klai Yisrael came down to Mitzrayim, as we say in Nagada, they said, Logur b'aretz bano. We came here just to be here for a short period of time. It says the Pasuk, Vayeshev Yisrael Beres Koshen, Vayeshev, they made it their home. And the Pasuk is castigating them for that, because that's not the way it was supposed to be. It says the Kliyakar, and it got to the point, this is how it ends, when it says, Hashem to Klai Yisrael biyad chazaka, biyad chazaka means he had to force them to leave, as is evidence from four-fifths of Klai Yisrael that refused to leave and had to die during Matas Cheshev. He says a Yid has to know that when he's in Golis, he doesn't feel comfortable. 
that Kliyakar is a Mayudik of Chizak that we have to, we have to, we have to, Pasuk is giving us that a person has to know when he's in Golis, he cannot be a Vayeshev, it has to be a log of Eretz Panel. Lastly, I wanted to just end off with, I heard this, I believe I heard this from Rogamli himself, but I, I saw it in a safer of his. I think it's a, it's a big issue that you can use for life and, and plug it in. When Yosef's languishing in the, in, the, in the jail, so there's a post that says, Yosef, the master of Yosef took him, he put him in jail. Where all the king's prisoners were. And he was there in the jail. Now, eight words ago, you just said that he was put in the jail. You don't need to tell me that he was in jail. What are these words? So Galil said over, it's a Yisoyed and a lesson for life. Suddenly a person is put in a situation that is extremely difficult. Extremely difficult, right? One of the say a person has to be in a hospital for a long period of time. Either he's the sick person or he's the visitor of the sick person, but he's going through a tukufa. Or a different tukufa. He has to be out of town. He's in a situation which is painful. Many people sit and lament the situation. They go oismensch, they get frustrated, they get annoyed, they get mad, and they don't accept the situation. He says, what the Rabbi wants from you to do is to just accept it. Be makabalit, be makabalit ba'avah. What the words vayihi sham v'beisaseyo means is Yosef was there. It means to say he accepted that this is where he's supposed to be. He didn't get angry, didn't get frustrated. He said, even though I'm with the dregs of society over here, there's not a place I don't want to be. But he was there. He accepted it. He lived it. He accepted it. Says Rabbi Gamliel, and what's the next pasuk? The next pasuk says, Hashem Yosef, If a person is makabli through comes the chain from Hashem. The Rabbi gives a chain, and a Yeshua comes. And Shtegansi Yeshua he didn't get out of jail, but he got chain. You want to get a, a, a weakening of the Yisurim. Be makabli ba'ava. Accept it. Live it. You're there. You're there already. Accept it. There's, a, there's a, a, an idea in, in, in grief, grief counseling. There's something called denial. The first step in grief counseling is overcoming denial. Baruch Hashem, most people don't go through enough grief or long enough that they get past denial. Gamil is saying, skip the stage of denial. Skip the stage of denial. Acceptance. If you accept it, you're makabal ba'ava. It's the greatest chus that it'll finish. Don't sit and languish in the thing. That's the verb.